Welcome to Lakeside Church's message podcast. Our prayer is that you will fall in love with Jesus, find a church family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Now let's join the message already in progress. Awesome. Thank you, worship team. We love you guys. It is good to be here this morning. Um, happy Sunday, everybody. I, I'm going to plug Caleb's group over there. I think that... Um, Going through the New Testament in a year is going to be great. And so I challenge you to, to not just show up to the group, but to read through it and learn some things. Um, we are in the middle. Um, this is the second week of three. We're talking about prayer. Last week we talked about prayer in regards about repentance. And today we're going to talk about another aspect of prayer. Children, if you're going, you can go with Emmerich right now. Um, but if you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. Proverbs 18.10, if you could turn there, and then while you do that, I am going to open up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, it is good to be in your house. It is good to read your word. It is good to worship with your people. It is just good to be here, Lord. But now, God, we look for good things in your word, so open your word to us. Help us to understand, help us to learn, help us to grow. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So last week we talked about repentance, how prayer, um, coming into God's presence. We looked in Isaiah and we looked in in John um, when he had his revelation. You know, coming into God's presence automatically should make us repent. In fact, if you come into God's presence and and there's no repentance there, I don't know whose presence you came into. But today, we're going to talk about this, and this right here. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. I want to talk today, and I hope that by the time we go through all these scriptures and we go through, through what we're going to be looking at, that, that you'll look at prayer a little bit differently. Or maybe if you, you know exactly what it means to have the name of the Lord as your strong tower— that maybe you'd leave here encouraged and refreshed um, and just praying differently. I believe, that, I, believe that, I believe there's a place in prayer where you get to experience that, where you get to experience a refuge. You get to experience that it's not that the wind and the waves are not there. It's not that the storm is not outside, but that you are inside and you are safe with Jesus. And so we're going to go through that. Before we get too far, I think the idea of the name of the Lord being a strong tower, I think we should talk about that a little bit. First of all, I want to go to the book of Judges, chapter 9. So the book of Judges, chapter 9, and we're just going to look at what it means to be a, uh, a strong tower. So if you have your Bibles, you want to flip there to Judges, chapter 9, verse 50. So, this is a story. Judges is a messed up book. It is really messed up. We, I mean, seriously, there's people getting stake pegs in the head and all kinds of crazy things, getting stabbed in the gut and their entrails falling out. And so there's a lot of war, a lot of battle. Like that, That's a different time. See, we, we don't have a lot of that stuff happening on our day-to-day, but that's what was happening in the time of Judges. And so it says, Then Abimelech went to Thebes and encamped against Thebes and captured it. So Abimelech was capturing a city. And you got to understand this because this is putting prayer in the perspective of like good guys and bad guys. 
I want you to know there, 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 is a, there is a force that is present in this world that is working very diligently to destroy you. It's working very hard to destroy this church. It's, it's coming after you, your family, your health, your mind, your body, and, and it is the enemy of God. And, and, and even though somebody might not march into our city, I want to tell you something. He's here. The enemy is here. He walks around like a, a roaring lion, a sea, seeing whom he can devour. And so here you have this city, and, and it's, being, it's being captured. But in verse 51 it says, But there was a strong tower within the city, and all the men and the women and all the leaders of the city fled to it and shut themselves in. And they went up to the roof of the tower. See, uh, I was never in the military, but I, but I know enough that if you have the higher position, that's good, right? It's, it's, not, it's good because it's, it's harder for them to get you. It's easier for you to get them. And so what they would do in these areas is they would protect their cities in a couple ways. Some of the time they put walls around their city or they'd build it in an area where the natural topography made it difficult to get to. But if you got to the city, some cities had towers in them which would be these big structures that would be like very hard to break down. They would be strong and they would be safe. And like that's where I want to get with prayer. That we learn how when we hear the enemy's footsteps in the town, that we learn to run to the strong tower of the name of the Lord. And what's interesting, because you think, all right, they went to the tower, big deal. Verse 52, and Abimelech came to the tower and fought against it. And he drew near to the door of the tower to burn it with fire. Verse 53, I told you judges was messed up. So it's, it's, it says, then it says, then a certain woman, thank God for certain women that are brave and that are women of action. A certain woman threw an upper millstone. So this giant hard stone, she tosses it down and it crushes his skull. So, so, so that's the idea. That's the picture in Proverbs. The picture in Proverbs is that when the enemy comes, you have a place to run. And it's this elevated place in the Lord. It's this place where God keeps you safe. And, and if the enemy comes at you, you're in a position to crush his head. Like that is what it is. And we're not talking about people. We're not talking about people you don't like. We're talking about the, the forces of evil that are literally coming against you every day. And prayer should be a refuge. It should be a place where we can run to. And so we're going to look at a few different verses, a few different people, and we're going to talk about some things. And so Genesis 25, 21. So if you put Genesis 25, 21 on the screen. This is Isaac. A little bit of background, because I want you to see the truth that's in this one simple verse. Isaac was Abraham's son. Abraham had a promise from God that he would birth a nation, and that out of that nation, one would come who was Jesus. He had that promise. He believed God. He trusted him. And he had a son as a sign of that promise. Isaac knew he was, was the son of the promise. But I want you to hear this. Isaac was the son who the promise would come through. He was called by God. I mean, he was Abraham's son. Abraham, he was pretty close to the Lord. And it says, his wife 
was barren. See, the one thing that God had promised this family is that they would have multiple children, so much like the stars in the sky. They had this promise, but she was still barren. But what did Isaac do? Isaac didn't just trust God. I, I, want, I want you to get this, because sometimes you just have to trust him. Sometimes you just got to say, well, I just believe. But sometimes that belief causes us to say, you know what? I believe you, God. You told my dad that we would have this nation. I have my wife. It was a miracle that his wife even got there. God did all these things to bring Rebecca to him. But she's still barren. And Isaac said, I'm, I'm going to pray. And God does what he does. He says, the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebecca, his wife, conceived. So why am I telling you this? Because you might have a promise from God. You might have this thing that you feel that God put in your heart. Um, you know, Caleb, you're, you're, you want to be a teacher. You want to train people. You have this promise. But sometimes it just seems like you're barren. We have these desires, and sometimes it seems like they're not coming. And, and I'm telling you, if we can learn to trust his name like a strong tower, we can be safe. Even if it seems like the promises are, are delayed. We need to be people of prayer. Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 19. It says, For I was afraid of the anger and the hot displeasure that the Lord bore against you. He was ready to destroy you, but the Lord listened to me that time also. Put verse 20 on, please. Verse 20. It says, And the Lord was so angry with Aaron that he was ready to destroy him, and I prayed for Aaron also at the same time. This is another, another image. Now let me give you the background because you're like, Chris, what is this talking about? This is Moses. Was Moses called by God? Did God show himself to Moses pretty strong? I mean, he parted the Red Sea. He had the staff that would turn into the snake, a hand that could turn into leprosy. He did all the plagues. Like, he was there. He knew that God was with him. And God was with Aaron as well. Aaron became the first high priest. Like, he was there. But Aaron blew it. This is the story where Aaron blew it. He led the nation into adultery, and God wanted to get rid of him. But what did Moses do? Moses prayed. I want you to see that. God was ready to destroy Aaron, but Moses prayed, and God listened. See, see, not only is this tower, you see, if we read that story, it said all the men and the women and all the leaders of the town went to the tower. See, part of our job is not just to run to the tower when we're in trouble, but when our friends are in trouble. And you know what? Aaron deserved the anger of the Lord. Aaron was getting his consequences that he probably deserved, but Moses interceded. See, there is a time when you'll see your brother in sin or your sister in sin, and they might be suffering the consequences of their sin. But you know there's sometimes that God gives grace and it lifts those consequences up? Not every time, but it's a refuge. It's a safe place to be. 2 Samuel chapter 12. So we talked about Isaac. We talked about Moses. This is, um, is going to be David. It says, then Nathan went to his house. Keep going. Verse 16. 
and says, And David sought God on behalf of the child. And David fasted and went and lay all night on the ground. David had sinned. This is another place where David had sinned. This is the story, if you don't know, where he, David actually steals a man's wife, kills him, and gets her pregnant. Like, that's pretty messed up. All right, out of all the things to do, killing people and taking somebody's wife, not good. So David did this, and that child was ill, because sometimes our actions as, as people, impact the people impact the people that we love. This child was ill. It was dying. And I want you to see this. And if you only leave here remembering two verses, the one from Proverbs about the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and this verse, I believe you will leave here with something that you can hold on to. So David sees his son sick. And what did he do? He fasted, he went in, and he laid all night on the ground. He was praying. He was interceding. He was hoping and seeking perhaps if God would answer. But that's so foreign to us. When was the last time any of us prayed all night? I'm not saying you have to, but I'm saying like if he's your refuge and if you really have nowhere to go and you run into that strong tower, you should probably stay there until the enemy leaves. And I think one of the things that we have in this society and in our lives is that we don't have the attention spans that we used to have. We don't. We start to pray, and within a few minutes, it's like, all right, I'm done. I got nothing left to say. But I just have a feeling that this thing where David's fasting and laying all night on the ground, I think this wasn't the only time that he did that. He was chased by Saul. He was fighting battles. He was, he was leading a nation. I think this is where his strength came from. And man, if, if we can become a people that when, 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 when struggles come and when issues come, that we are quick to get to this kind of place. Now, maybe you might not stay all night. I'm not saying you have to stay all night. But I'm saying, like, when was the last time you were so desperate and you didn't have hope or trust in anything else but the name of Jesus? And you just had to pray. And you know what? Things were still bad, but you had nowhere else to go. So you might as well just stay there. Like I'm telling you, the enemy does not want you to pray. He does not want it. He, he, why? Because it works. When we pray according to his will, he hears us and he answers us. And so this idea of, of having such a trust in God... I mean, David, David was not a weakling. He was a, he was a man's man. He was a ruddy youth. He was probably strong. I mean, he was slaying giants. He was tough. Picture a tough man lying on his face before God and saying, God, I'm not strong enough for this. And I promise you, if you can find that place with the Lord, where no matter how big and strong you are and how much you've accomplished, that you know you can't do it without him, that's where victory starts to happen. What do I mean by victory? I mean, prayer works. It's either going to change you or change your situation. It's going to do one of those two things. You're going to be renewed and, and be able to deal with the situation if it doesn't change, or God's going to move on your behalf and change your situation. But prayer is important. In the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 33, 
Now, this is Manasseh. Go do a study on Manasseh. Not a good dude. Not a very good guy. He was kind of messed up. It says, The Lord spoke to Manasseh and to his people, but they paid no attention. That's Manasseh's M.O. He did not listen to the Lord. Next verse, verse 11, please. It says, Therefore the Lord brought upon them the commanders of the army of the kings of Assyria. There were always battles. There was always things going on. Who captured Manasseh with hooks and bound him with chains of bronze and brought him, next verse, into Babylon. So Manasseh was a bad guy. God speaks to him. He doesn't listen. God takes him with hooks and chains and bound to Babylon into a foreign land. Next verse, please. It says, but when he was in distress, he entreated the favor of the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. I want to tell you this. This is so, so important. Even Manasseh, a wicked guy, a bad king who didn't listen to the Lord, when he got to this place, and he could see that things had gone bad, there was issues around, he got himself to the tower. But the door of the tower is on the bottom. And you got to humble yourself to get into this tower. you got to be willing to say, I cannot do this without you, Lord. In fact, I would bet if you could get to a place where you really realize and where I really realized that we can't do anything without him, then we'll have some humility. And I'm telling you, the Lord says when you humble yourself under his mighty hand, he lifts you up. The next verse, verse 14, Manasseh knew that the Lord, verse 14, please. Okay. It's all right. I'll go into the Bible itself. But the Lord hears his prayer. The Lord answers him. And so the point I want to make is that this is for a lot of different people. You had Isaac, the child of promise, that had a promise from God that wasn't coming through. He runs to the shelter. You had, um, you had Moses seeing his friend in need, his friend receiving the consequences of his sin, Moses prays and God hears him. You have David, the ruler of Israel, who sinned greatly. And man, in the midst of his sin, when, God, when he probably should have been running from God, we think about David, he had just killed a man, he stole his wife, she's pregnant, the son is sick. How many of you want to face God at that time? How many of you want to ask God for anything after you just kill somebody and steal their wife? But David knew that. He had nowhere else to go. And then you have Manasseh, a wicked person, doing the same thing. Ezra, chapter 8, verse 21. We're going through several different people, and I hope you're seeing a pattern. These guys, all right, so, so let's, let's put this into perspective. God, Moses brings the people into the land of Israel. They don't have any kings. It's judges. Things are bad. It's crazy. They get a king, David. It starts to get good, but they get bad kings like Manasseh, and it gets bad. So God sends them to Babylon. The nation is in chains. 
But now Ezra's bringing them back home. So Ezra's bringing the people back into God's promised land. But he was afraid. Because he had to bring, and you've got to think about this, this is olden times. He had to go from Babylon, which is like over in Iraq, to Israel, walking, no airplanes, no trains, no jeeps. And there was plenty of places along the way he could have been robbed or killed or anything. But what did he do? He said he proclaims a fast there at the river Ava, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek for him a safe journey for ourselves and our children. Next verse, please, 22. 22, please. For I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way, since we had told the king, the hand of our God is for, is for good on us. Verse 23, please. So we fasted and implored our God for this, and he listened to our entreaty. Ezra had a long way to go. He had a long journey, and it was going to be hard. And so he called the fast. He said, God, I don't want to look for anybody else for help. I just want you. The enemy doesn't want us to pray. There are many times in our life that we feel like we're going to go do something, and we don't humble ourselves. We don't seek the Lord. We don't seek his blessing. And I'm telling you, humility, humility opens up doors with God. Because when you're humble and you say, God, I can't save myself. I need you to do it. What does he do? He saves you. And when you say, God, I can't deal with this, this calling you've given me, this place you're leading me, protect me. Humility is key. Now, why am I talking about this? It's because I know I, I look at our church and I say, man, I want to do great things. I want to I get back to where we were. I want to reach more people. But the way up is down. And it's saying, God, I, I can't do this without you. In fact, I can never do anything without the Lord. Everything I've ever done starts in prayer. In fact, I had people... Um, I've had people say, Chris, when worship starts, you should be, I've had people tell me this, you should be in the front setting an example. I, I agree, you know, pastors should set an example. I'm not arguing. But what they don't know is if you don't see me, I'm not playing on my cell phone. I'm not just like checking Facebook or reading the news. Many times I'm in a somewhere you don't even know, saying, God, I can't do this. I need your help. I need your help. I, I started my walk with God this way when I said, God, I can't save myself. I need you. And every step I take is only when I admit that I can't do it without him. And I just, I've seen groups of people together enter that place. It's one thing for one person to to figure out that they can't do it. But when a whole group of people says, God, I can't. I need you for whatever it is. It's your sick son like David. It's your friend who's messed up like Moses. You've been wicked and ignoring the Lord all your life, and now you realize, hey, I need help. 
when you humble yourself, man, he comes through every single time. Anything good I've ever accomplished for the Lord, it started on my knees. And see, a lot of people don't get that because prayer for us, and I'm not saying in this room, but I'm saying like the church, the modern church, prayer for a lot of people is, Lord, thank you for this food. Bless it. God, let us sleep well tonight. Wake up refreshed. God, help me have a good day. And all those prayers are good. But where are these prayers? Where are these prayers? When was the last time you really said, you know what, I'm sick and tired of how things are going and I just need God's help and I, man, I got to fall down on my knees. I got to humble myself. And I promise you, as we start to continue to do that, man, God answers every single time. The book of Matthew, chapter 26, please. This is Jesus on the night before he was crucified. And this is one of those stories that I could just see this story. There's some stories you read and you just get the image. But this is Jesus. He, he's going to be crucified. He's going to take the, the sin of the world on his shoulders and, and suffer immensely for us. And Jesus went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Next verse, please. And taking with him Peter... And the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Next verse, please. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here with me and watch with me. Can you, I can't picture, like I, I picture it, but it just blows my mind that Jesus, the son of God, walking on water, healing the deaf and the blind and the lame and those with leprosy, like, he had to pray. He felt like he needed to pray. Now, are you saying, Jesus didn't have to pray, Chris? Whatever, shut up. He prayed. <laughs> he knew in his flesh that his flesh was weak because he was completely God and completely man. And he knew he had to be there. And I, Do you just see him calling his friends, saying, would you just please come with me? Would you please come? We have to, I have to pray. There's something that I have to do, and I can't do it. I'm sorrowful. I'm troubled even unto death. Verse 39. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed. Gee, have you ever thought about that? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, on his face? On his face. Praying, saying, Father, and I love this right here. Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not I will, but as you will. I love the fact that Jesus was sent from God here to this earth for a purpose. And he knew his purpose, and he knew it was going to happen, and he knew the redemption of the world, and he knew like he had this, and he was going that way, but like right at the end, he was still had enough trust in God. He was like, hey, God, if there's any other way, let's just double check. Just double, like, there wasn't. 
That was the way God did it. But that should give you like so much confidence that you can ask anything. Because if Jesus is asking God, is there any other way when he's about to fulfill his ultimate purpose by dying and rising again and saving all mankind, saving those who believe in him, then man, you could pray for some things that you probably haven't prayed for. God, is there any other way? You can fall on your face and you can do that. Now, this right here, he fell on his face. The day I was saved, man, my prayer didn't seem to work until I was on my face. I think maybe God had to humble me. The day that I accepted Christ was on my face. Every good thing with the Lord has started on my face. Lying down before the Lord. Now you could say, well, Chris, I don't want to lie down. Okay, don't. But humble yourself. Whatever that looks like for you, I don't know. For me, when I put my nose on the ground, I'm reminded that he's bigger than me. And it gives me confidence in him. Verse, the next verse, please. Verse 40. And he came to his disciples and he found them sleeping and saying, Peter, so you could not watch with me an hour? Verse 41, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. 42, please. And for a second time, he went away and prayed, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. See, Jesus is committed to doing whatever God has called him to do. But if he found his strength that way, Why are we looking for strength any other way? See, we spent a lot of time last year talking about reading the word, and we're not done with that. Read your word, know your word, understand it well. But learn how to pray. I'm not saying you need to pray for an hour, but I'm saying you need to to pray when it's time to pray. You need to pray when you have no other options. You need to pray when you realize you cannot do it on your own. And when things are tough, you need to pray. Let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 4. And let's start with verse 12. Acts, chapter 4, verse 12. It says, there is no, in fact, I want to make sure we get this 100% Correct. Apologize for whatever's going on there. Acts chapter 4. Verse 12. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Very similar to what he said in Proverbs. Now this comes at a very interesting time. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came. Acts chapter 3, a huge, amazing miracle. A A lame man gets healed. But then persecution comes to the church. 
The same church that was just in the upper room when the Spirit of God came for real and they were empowered, they spoke with other tongues, they prophesied, and thousands of souls were saved. That same church, that same group of people, two chapters later, is feeling the pressure. And in their prayer, they said that verse, chapter 12, there's no other name. They want them to stop talking about Jesus, and they said, we can't stop talking about Jesus. But what did the church do? They went and they started to pray. This whole piece here is prayer. Verse, um, chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Peter and John, they were in jail. The church prayed, and now they're released. And they went to their friends, and they reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Verse 24, and when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and the sovereign Lord who made heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them. Sometimes it's good to remember that when you pray, who you're praying to. And in verse 25, through the mouth of our father David, your servant, you said, why did, through the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain? So he starts this prayer. They knew they couldn't do it. See, what did the church had? Man, the church had the apostles right there. They had Peter, John, and Peter right there with them, people who had seen Jesus, touched Jesus, they had the Holy Spirit, and I'm telling you, it was fresh because it had only been around a few times, and they were real, real familiar with the Holy Spirit. But yet, even though they had all of this stuff, when things got hard, they had to go and pray. I've beat this point a lot, but I have a feeling things are not going to get easier. I have a feeling things aren't going to be easier. So, we might need to learn how to do this better, more frequently, and together. Because the times that I've done this with people have been good for my soul. But I'm telling you something, when you go to pray with people, and we're closing right now, but when you go to pray, don't worry about what they're doing. Humble yourself. Pour out your heart. I promise you, when people come together and people start doing that, humbling themselves, pouring out their heart, together, man, something happens. It's like God designed the church to be able to pray. And so, how do we put this in practice? Pray when you need to pray. Humble yourself often. This Wednesday at 7 o'clock, we're going to pray from seven to eight. It was awesome last week. I encourage you guys to show up and come pray with me for an hour because this church needs it. I need it. I have a feeling you might need it. So come Wednesday at seven. Also, I'm gonna add another one on there. Saturday morning at 8.30, I'm gonna be here. If anybody wants to pray with me, come pray with me. Every time I've seen a church learn to humble themselves and learn to understand the scripture, man, prayer and scripture are powerful. God uses those things. Would you bow your head just for a second? Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to run to you as our refuge. Jesus, you are our strong tower. 
there is no other name given among men by which we may be saved. Lord, and I'm not praying, God, it's not about falling on our face. It's not about praying for 60 minutes. But Lord, show us how to humble ourselves. Show us how to come to you when, when we feel the pressures of this world. God, let us not make you our last resort. But God, let you be the first one we turn to when trouble comes, when, when anxiety is there, when, when, when all the stuff of life comes up. Help us to run to that tower, to humble ourselves and allow you to raise us up. Because God, we cannot do this without you. We cannot do this without you. And I thank you, Lord, for Jesus Christ. I thank you for the death he died and the life he lives in us who believe. Thank you for your spirit within us. Transform us into your image by your grace because we cannot do it alone, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.